we are rolling. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are and uh, whatever time you're listening to this. But here at Pete Cammon, Elevated Hockey on the Let's Go podcast. Just kind of introducing, he's going to be co-hosting this with me. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to, to introduce each other and roll through some different questions and basically just our story and, and why we truly want to do this. So Without further ado, let's kind of just jump in here and uh, let's take it from the beginning. Like you were born and put on the skates or it took some time or you kind of want to jump into that? Yeah, let's just uh, let's start all the way back. Yeah, my name is Pete Kamen. Um, right now, you know, from Elevated Hockey and, and currently coaching a college team in my local town as well, Montana State University. But um, originally from Minnesota. Um Grew up starting to skate there, but very early on, I, I moved to Chicago and grew up playing youth hockey right outside of just northwest of the city there. Um, and actually moved around a little bit when I was a kid. So after playing in Chicago for a long time, uh, made a, a switch over to California just for uh, the summer between eighth grade and freshman year. Played out in California for for three seasons, and that's actually kind of similar to you, Danny. I kind of the opposite, but similar to you is I, I grew up playing ice, and then when I popped out to California for a couple of years is when I picked up, uh, inline hockey and roller hockey. And yeah. Yeah. So I moved out to orange County and, uh, pretty much didn't know anybody right away when I was there and oh, just would go to the local, the local roller rink and just shoot pucks every day for that, that, that first summer. And all yeah. of a sudden I, I start freshman year of high school and I find out they don't have a, they don't have a, an ice hockey team there at the time, but they had, really? they had three inline teams. So I was like, well, I might as well go out for that. And so I played, played on my high school roller hockey team, but I, I played on a travel, um, you know, club team out of Anaheim mm-hmm. and uh, did that for a couple of years there. And how was that? Um, how was that transition for you going from kind of the Midwest moving from Minnesota to Chicago? And then all of a sudden you're, you're in beautiful Southern California. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for a kid that's at that, you know, that time I was freshman year of high school, I mean, it was a world of difference and, uh, you know, it was, it was a, a huge transition for our family and for me, but it was, uh, it was a great learning experience cause it was just so different than, you know, suburban Chicago. Um, and you know, but being able to move to the beautiful weather and the, the beaches and, you know, went to a great school that, uh, that I enjoyed and, you know, it was a great, it was a great transition, but, uh, you know, the crazy part was, is that the whole time I was there, I, you know, I was playing on a club team, but I always like kind of wished I could play on my high school team. You know, I grew up watching my local team and grew up watching like the Minnesota state tournament and stuff like that. And, uh, as it happened, my dad ended up getting transferred back to Chicago. And so my senior year, I ended up playing back with the same group of kids I grew up with, like for my high school team. So it kind of, oh, nice. kind of worked out, made the transition back pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, grew up playing there between Chicago and, and Southern California. Um, and then kind of had a, when high school was up, I kind of had a decision to make of, am I going to go play juniors or am I going to go to college? And um, I, I didn't, you know, D1 was never a, a real goal of mine, uh, basically because I wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, but I had talked with a couple of college, like D3 college coaches and was thinking maybe I could go play a couple years of juniors and, and get myself on a team and um and I ended up having a tryout with with one junior team and the 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 tryout camp the main camp was the exact same weekend as the open house for uh Miami of Ohio which is the college I wanted to go to gotcha and um so I ended up kind of you know kind of a uh 
come to reality moment of like, you know, I think it's better for me to go to school than to play hockey. And so I went to Miami, Ohio and, uh, lo and behold, I ended up making the, uh, the club team there, ACHA. And so I ended up playing, playing in Miami, Ohio on, on the club team there. And it worked out pretty well that I made that choice. Cause I ended up, uh, we ended up winning nationals my freshman year. So if I had chosen juniors, I would have missed out on that experience, but Not a bad start. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of came into a, a whole different world there that I didn't really expect to be in, but started yeah. off with a bang and you know, but you did, you did yeah. miss out on going to that junior camp and dropping the mitts, uh, just to make the all-star game, get your, get your eye, eye beat in, which, which <laughs> looks better. It's, it's starting to look better. You took a puck to the face not too long ago. Yep. Yep. Took one and it was actually the last drill of the last practice of the year. And I ended up getting, was kind of took my eye off the drill and took a, took a puck straight to the eyebrow. Oh, it always happens. <laughs> Lost it. Yeah. But, uh, that was, yeah. uh, that was a pretty good start to your college career. Um, and then I imagine what downhill from there, or did you guys continue <laughs> to have good teams? Did you kind of, what was that whole experience like and, and kind of go from there? Yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, it was an un- unreal experience and, and those guys are, uh, still some of my best friends to this day, you know, it's like that you get pretty tight with them and we ended up having a pretty, uh, a pretty solid team the whole time we were there. We had, because Miami, Ohio as a, as a strong uh, NCAA D one program. It was kind of a trickle down effect where we had a lot of players on our team that, um, came in to play at the, at the varsity level. And for whatever reason, um, ended up coming down to ours, you know, as a sophomore or junior or something like that. So our top half of the roster was, uh, a little better than the average ACHA team. Um, so we were always in the top five the whole time I was there. Um, and I think as I got older, I got a little deeper and deeper in the roster. And then, uh, at the same time, kind of like you, like you, uh, um, when I was there and I wasn't quite playing as much, I I ended up with a couple other guys that ended up who were mostly ice guys. We ended up starting the inline team at Miami Ohio, and so I got to I did both like ice and inline and during school, and um, yeah, and kind of just wrapped up my career my my senior year. Um, I played D my whole life, and then all of a sudden, um, my last year there, I ended up playing wing, which was kind of a crazy transition just because our, our decor got so deep that uh, I didn't really have a spot there anymore. So I ended up jumping up to the wing. And, uh, so that was a whole nother learning experience for me trying to, after, you know, 20 some years of playing hockey, right. jump up to the left wing. And yeah, so- I would say at the time too, it's probably, it's probably frustrating. Like, you know, you've played a position your entire life and then all of a sudden, you know, you're changing to, to a different thing, but now and we can kind of if you don't mind transition to the coaching world like that experience of being able to play forward and d has to to give you some leeway with now your players no matter what i mean i don't know how much experience you have with goalies but they're kind of on their own planet anyways but as far as the the player side of things that's got to bring more experience for you as the coach having played you know both offensive defense and and kind of gearing up now for your, your coaching career. Did you, did you end up jumping right into the coaching world or was there other things on the agenda for a little bit? Yeah. So I, I think two parts there. So one, um, you know, for, for, for jumping into the coaching career, you know, like I graduated in four and a half years. And so in that last, that last 
year, the, the first semester of the last year, I didn't play and I moved into an assistant coach role. And so I was able oh, to, nice. you know, over the couple of years being in Miami, I, had, I was fortunate to have a couple of great coaches. And then, then that, that final semester, um, I was actually one of the assistant coaches where I, I got to experience kind of the other side from behind the bench, which was a, was pretty you know eye opening and, and a great learning experience for me. Um, and then from that, uh, I, tri- I I moved out here to Montana, where I am now, based in Bozeman, Montana. I just kind of always grew up skiing, uh, you know, a couple times a year and loved it. So I was like, well, before the real world hits, and I get myself into a cubicle in Chicago, I was like, I'm going to go out to the mountains and ski for uh, you know a couple of months just for the season, and then I, I'll, I'll go into the real world from there. And the reality is, is like. I, I just never left. I've been here ever since and um, turned, turned this into my real world living in the mountains. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so that was my first time. My first time coaching was at at, uh, at Miami, Ohio. And then when I got out here, actually, I had a um, – I was just skating in the beer leagues and I had my my red Miami helmet on and, you know, said, said Miami on the side. And one of the, the coach of the junior team at the time, the Bozeman Ice Dogs, um, I think they were in the North American League at that time. Yeah, he saw me skating and pulled me aside. And he was the hockey, the youth hockey director as well. There was like head coach and the youth is a uh, um, John uh, John Lafontaine yeah, out of Michigan, and he'd been out in Bozeman for a couple of years. And he actually was a graduate of Miami Ohio, and he was like, "Hey, because he's he was the head high school coach, youth director, and head junior coach. He ran all the practices and stuff, but when it came time for the weekends, he would be on the bench for the junior team, mm-hmm. which meant he needed somebody to be on the bench for the high school games. And so he yeah. myself. And, um, another younger kid was a buddy of mine and said, Hey, I'll run all the practices. I'll teach you guys how to do this. Um, but then you two guys have to run the bench during the games that have conflicts with the junior team. Yeah. So, you know, looking back, it was a pretty, pretty unreal experience. Um, to, be able to start out. Yeah. I mean like a, you know, a, a, a pretty, pretty well, well-known, well-respected, you know, professional coach, mm-hmm. um, you know, just be able to learn and see what he's doing on a day-to-day basis and then be able to take the reins, you know, right alongside him, but when he's not there. So that was kind of my transition. And from there, I, I, uh, kind of kept going, but let me jump back for a second. So you're talking about, you know, playing D moving to wing. Um, you know, that was a great experience for me because it, it kind of helped shape the way I coach now. Um, you know, it, it's a whole nother topic, but, but, you know, the game is getting more and more positionless where guys right. are, you know, the, the straight stayed home D while they still exist. Like it's not quite as prevalent as it used to be. Um, and that fourth, you know, that fourth or fifth guy jumping in has got to be part of the transitions. And so with, with that, when I, when I used to coach little kids, I always had a team uh, rule that all, you know, in squirts and even peewees, like everybody's playing every position um, to, to help them learn the game at a higher level. And then now jumping ahead, coaching a college team, you know, like those kids that have the ability to do both uh, are invaluable to the roster, especially sure. when, when injuries, you know, end up happening. Um, having a guy that you know you can pull back on D or you can pull up to wing or center and just a seamless transition because they know what they're doing. It, it, you know, it gives us that roster depth that allows us to compete at a higher level. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a conversational piece. Like, when kids should start locking down, like I'm a forward and a D because I, I just think back to my college days, we had a, a player, Joe Schiller, and you'd move him back to D and he'd be in the top four. And then you'd move him up to forward and be in the top six. And like, for me as a coach, like that's, that's a home run 
right? Like you, you have this guy as a utility guy and, um, you know, probably for the player, um, that's a little bit older. They're probably like, ah, this is frustrating, but I mean, there's gotta be a way to build that foundation in the kids. Like, Hey, you're a D this today, but you know, tomorrow you could be a forward and like, it's not really a thing until X, Y, and Z. And so we'll have to put that on, on the list of topics to discuss, because I know a lot of people have a lot to say there. There's probably the old school, like, no, you're a defender, you know, nobody gets past you. This is what you're going to be meat and potatoes. Um, and there's probably people that probably share the the same mindset as kind of what it sounds like you and I do as far as like, you know, you, you need to be able to, to skate as a forward and lock it down on the defensive side. And so definitely, definitely interesting things, but let's circle back a little bit more to where you're going. So you, you had this opportunity to, to connect with LaFontaine and uh, that had to be some, some pretty good things to, or he had to be a pretty good guy to learn from right away. And so I, did anything stick out to you that, that he did that you're like, okay, this is why uh, he's having success in our game or, or was there, any, there a moment that happened or. Yeah, I think, you know, all the coaches I've ever coached with, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to coach with a lot of very successful coaches. Um, you know, one of my favorite parts was being able to take little pieces of what they do well and kind of, you know, make that my own and copy, you know, steal that piece of their game and, and put it into mine. And, and, and from John, one of the biggest things I learned, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's just, a, he's a pro and, uh, he is the level of, of preparedness. Like he was always dialed in where like the second, you know, there was no wasting of ice time and everything was always set in. And for like a, a, a first year coach that were basically second year coach, that was huge to see. Um, you know, it was kind of like practice planning, um, at a higher level before like USA hockey was really like pumping out practice plans and they just right. weren't that prevalent. And it was like, you know, he had a file system in his office of like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different practice plans and drills. And, really? um, but even with that, he would like make a new one for every time to be consistent, like for exactly what that team needed, not just like, Oh, this is a good drill. We should do this. It was more like yeah. hey, work on this. And so seeing how, how his mindset went on that, but the biggest thing, you know, that was huge for me, but the biggest thing I took away from John specifically is that he, you know, he put a lot of emphasis, um, on character development and, and teaching like essentially, you know, high school age boys, young athletes, how to be good men. And so yeah. he talked about, uh, you know, it, it was outside of the game, but it was, it was, it was really, you know, teaching, you know, kids who are 15, 16, 17, 18, um, a lot of like valuable life, life lessons that could help them on later, whether it's in their jobs or careers or marriages or, um, you know, wherever they're going in their life. And he, that was a big part of his coaching philosophy was, was improving, you know, the, the, the young athletes lives that he was coaching, not just improving their hockey skills. And so that was kind of the first time I'd really seen that at a high level from a coach. Um, so it was kind of, it was a good takeaway for me for that. Absolutely. So, so that kind of carried you at the beginning of your coaching career. And then, I mean, you, the plan was obviously not to stick around there, but, um, I know you've kind of turned that that association and, and you're working through USA hockey and you're working for the college there and, and doing a number of different things. So if you kind of want to jump into kind of what you're doing now and, and what yeah. you're all about with that, that'd be, uh, be good. Yeah. So I had that, that, uh, I, I did two years at the, high, uh, coaching the high school program and that 
in that way where I was, you know, helping with the uh, essentially head coach on the bench and, and assistant coach at practice. So those first two years. Um, and then after that, the the other coach that I, I worked with ended up going to a junior A team and um, he and I got along really well. He invited me down to uh, the tryout camp, just have an extra eye uh, on players and kind of a sounding board because he knew it was not afraid to tell him my honest opinion on things. And even if it yeah. disagreed with his, and so he kind of liked that is that I, I butted heads with him a lot, but in a, like a good way that, you know, we enjoyed doing that. Um, and so I went down for tryouts, helped him pick his team. And then, uh, you know, then he, he ended up offering me kind of a, a unique position with him where I was an assistant coach for that junior, that junior team at the tier three level for a season, but it was in a different town than I lived in. So I was like a game day coach. Like he wanted me on the bench running the D um, so I'd come in for pregame skate on Friday or Thursday night practice coach Friday, Saturday with them and then head back home. So I did that for a little bit, but the reason I, I did that, um, was cause I took a job overseas coaching, which was kind of random, but it started, yeah. in, it started in January. So I couldn't commit to the high school, the local Bozo high school team that year. Gotcha. Uh, so I ended up taking, uh, this is a whole long story in itself, but I ended up taking a job being the, the, the youth hockey director and head coach to 12 teams over in uh, for an inline hockey program in Namibia, Africa. And uh, inline just got right into you when you went out to California, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I never thought it'd be part of my, my life path, but uh, yeah, but it was, and uh, yeah, and kind of out of the blue, I thought I was done with roller hockey altogether. I was just doing ice and was loving coaching. And all of a sudden, like I got a call from an uncle saying, Hey, I know this program. You, you know, the guy's down there, he's looking for an American coach, doesn't know who to call. I gave him your name. And long story short, I ended up going there for a year and being head coach to 12 teams and Ochevarongo, Namibia. So yeah. I, I coach still in touch with them today. You know, they're, they're a great group of people down there and I'm hoping to get back soon in the next year or so. Um, but, Absolutely. uh, yeah, I did that. And that, you know, that was kind of an experience that I just, I always had a vision of like, I wish I could, play pro hockey in Europe. And, and I just never had that opportunity to do that. I never was quite at that, that really that level to pursue that. And so for me, that was like a no brainer to take that job. Cause that was like yeah. a fulfillment of my dream of playing hockey overseas. Um, so I did that. And then when the time was up and, and, and I came back here to uh, Montana and a buddy of mine was uh, set to be head coach of a, a squirt team. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to be the head coach. Cause uh, you know, my son's gonna be on this team, but I've never coached before. Like, could you just be the assistant and come like teach me how to run practices? So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Well, lo and behold, his kid ends up making the the top team kind of unexpectedly. So that group of kids didn't have a single parent that knew how to skate or had any hockey experience. So they didn't have a, like tryouts are over and they don't have a coach. And yeah. so I just, so I agreed to, I agreed to coach them. So it was like, you know, it was in. like, I'm oh, all in on like these, with all these little eight year olds. I was like, yeah. let's do it. And then, uh, so I coached those kids and I ended up loving it. And then those kids turned it, you know, for, I did it for like two years and I, I stayed with them for a couple of years. And, um, and as they got older, it kind of started turning into like, I started getting the parents then asked if I could get involved with a couple different camps and things like that. And even when yeah. I wasn't coaching these kids and that turned into, um, as I was getting more involved with, with this specific age group of kids, I, they started going to the the different state camps. And, um, All so right. I, got, I got involved with some of the, the Maha state camps after a couple of years of doing that. I was, uh, I, I was kind of 
afforded the opportunity to start getting involved with some of the district camp things. So I started going to North Dakota every year and working with, with a lot of those guys over there. And then from that, there's a, you know, a, a gentleman at the USA hockey that hopefully we'll have on here soon. Al Bloomer, that's the former coach in chief for the, for USA hockey. And, uh, he's kind of been my mentor for the last couple of years, last five or six years. And he's kind of opened some doors for me at the national level with USA hockey. And so kind of over the course of the last, I don't know, six to 10 years, I've been kind of progressing from local association to state to district to national camps and been able to be at the national camp for, I worked the national uh, 15 camp now for the last couple of years and have a blast with that. Um, and that was just canceled, right? Or no? It was, yeah. It, it was just canceled a couple of days ago, unfortunately. So this will be the first year in a couple that I haven't been out in New York for that uh, that Select 15 camp, which is always a pretty special deal. It's fun watching yeah. where those kids progress to. Yeah, that's um, tough. especially yeah. for coaches, players, kind of everybody involved. That's definitely a, a tough pill to swallow for sure. But yeah, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's an understatement. It's kind of a, it's a tough one for sure, but you know, it's the right call, but it's not what anybody wants to, wants to have done. But, uh, but yeah, so that kind of got me involved with, with, uh, USA hockey. And so currently I'm the, the coach in chief for Montana. Uh, so I oversee the, the CEP, the coaching education credits. So I, I go and give coaching education seminars around the states and, um, work with some of the other, um, presenters at the district level to host the level fours here and there, and then work with some of the other, uh, instructors around the state. And then from that, as I was going to get involved with more, more USA hockey district camps and things, um, you know, we have a, a problem out here with ice. We don't have year round ice in a lot of the areas. And so some of these kids, the same kids that I coached years ago, started getting older where they were trying to make, you know, the district camp and they're trying to make from the district camp, make the national camp. So a couple of those parents asked me to, um, you know, would I train their kids for those couple weeks between the, in those like three, three week gaps between the end of the season to the, to the district camps. And then that kind of turned into, um, like elevated hockey. I just called it elevated hockey camps. And it was kind of just cause a couple a group of parents were asking that I would do it. So I kind of, for a couple seasons started coaching their, their kids, just keeping them on the ice for a couple more weeks until they could get to North Dakota. Then if they made the national camp a couple more weeks until they could go to New York. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of just morphed into, into elevated hockey. And then, yeah, which is kind of what I uh, Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, you look at your story, you've literally been all over the place. And so both of us kind of know the, the hockey world is definitely a, a small world. And now with social media, it shrinks that down even, even more. And that's kind of where our paths crossed and, thankful that it did. And, and now we're, we're kind of on this new adventure of just trying to bring more knowledge to our game. And so uh, as we move forward onto that, it's probably good to just set the stage of honestly, like kind of why you're here and why you want to do this and uh, what your, what your ideas or goals are or whatever you really want to dig into as far as what you see this podcast becoming. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, you know, Elevated hockey has grown over the last couple of years, you know, beyond just my, just kids in Montana. And so I've had the opportunity to coach, um, very thankfully coach in a couple different countries around the world and, and yeah. kind of got a, an unexpected, you know, reaching out to a lot of different people. And so kind of, I think this, this podcast is kind of the next level of that where it's like, you know, it's an opportunity to, to keep sharing like a passion for the game and sharing a love for the game and, and hopefully trying to give some valuable information out to some people as well and being a resource for them so that people can, 
help, you know, whether it's players or, or, or coaches or parents that they can help, you know, keep loving the game and keep getting more resources and, and improving their game and learning from different people. So for the podcast, you know, I, I see it as like uh, the next kind of iteration of, of what I've been doing on Instagram for the last couple of years of just documenting my journey, but also documenting like just different things that I do on the ice as a coach. Um, yeah. by doing that with this, whether it's talking with you and just, and, and talking about different topics and, and discussing, you know, the pros and cons of different aspects or, or drills or concepts or strategies, and then also connecting with other coaches or players or, um, you know, like-minded or different, uh, going forward. And so people can learn from their stories, you know, what did they do right on their path? What did they do wrong? What did they regret? What did, you know, where right. do they see the game heading? I think there's a lot of value in that and people can learn from other, you know, people out there, you know, not just you and I and what we think, but a lot of other coaches out there have valuable opinions. So I'm excited to connect with more people. I mean, that's the biggest thing, just connecting with these hockey people, like-minded hockey yeah. people and growing the game. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about. So before we dig into kind of your last thoughts and anything you want to wrap up with, where, where can the people find you? If they want to get a hold of you, if they want to follow you and check out some of your stuff. Yeah. So, um, the main place is, is on my Instagram page. Most of everything is documented there, um, at, uh, elevated hockey. Um, most of it's pushed through to, to Facebook as well, you know, Facebook backslash, uh, elevated hockey. And then, uh, all my camps and clinics and things are, are typically listed on my website, elevatedhockey.com. So, uh, that's the, uh, the couple of places, but yeah, I'm fired up to get this going with you, Danny. I think it's gonna be really fun. I'm excited to see kind of who our, our, our first couple of guests are, uh, and what yeah. topics we're going to tackle and kind of where it goes from here. Absolutely. Are there any, uh, any final words? Um, final words. I just, I'm excited to get this thing rolling and, and being able to couple with you and take advantage of, uh, you know, like all of your experience and, and your, your, great hockey mind and, and what you've got going. And I think it's going to open up doors and, and opportunities for a lot of people to learn a lot of different, uh, important new aspects from the game, you know, whether, whether it's my ideas or your ideas or, or people that come on, come on the podcast, I think it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm excited yeah. to get rolling. Absolutely. Well, I had a, a coach of mine tell me the, the greatest hockey players are the best thieves. So if we can get, couple people on here and still steal a few things for them and allow our listeners to to take him as well i think we're on the right track so you know, there you go say all the time let's go let's go all right man well cool thank you thank all you right. let's keep this thing rolling and uh we'll go from here